1: Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Kevin remains, are you going to believe this? He remains about 40 inches from me. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning, sir. What's going on in your life? Man, I am pumped about uh, the conference coming up. And um, probably by the time people listen to this, we'll either be in it or be done with it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's just a great... Great life when, you, when you're surrendered to the Lord, whatever he wants you to do. When he's got me turning wrenches, I'm pretty happy about it. When we're doing conferences, I'm happy about that.
1: Amen. So, folks, we're going to be good on our promise from yesterday. We're going to have Kevin do a mm-hmm. verse. But we have to have the fourth grade <clears throat> riddle. Yeah. So the Christian school fourth grade riddle. And this one, if you, if you kind of think about it, he might get this one, folks. All right. Uh, but what's a miracle that can be done by a complainer?
2: Uh, By a complainer, it would have to be uh, murmuring. um, um, You're thinking uh, the right way. um, You just haven't got the right word yet. I will say murmuring, complaining, negativity, um, um, bad juju. Folks, we're going to give that one to him. Turning anything
1: into wine, W H I N. (laughs) Oh, that's actually good. I told you, man. That's that's one of those. All right, (laughs) Kevin, before we go into our PTSD phrase for the day, do you got that verse? Do you got the first verse?
2: I think so. Now, I'm, I'm not a soloist, so if I struggle, jump in and help me here. Oh,
1: okay, okay. I, I won't, I'll jump in and pray for
2: you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The drunk on the street, the rich in the palaces. Praise him. The poor and unlearned, and the man of degree. Well, they all have a soul in need of salvation, and they all have to come by Calvary. I am so glad God saves old sinners. Thank you. Praise. I'm poor. I'm thrilled and amazed and poor and unlearned too uh, at that He sets them free. But the biggest surprise this is it, folks. in redeeming old sinners is that he could save an old sinner like me. Like you
1: too, folks. Thank you, Kevin. I know that was hard to ask that. he's He's got the allergies going on down here in yeah. South Carolina, also known as the allergy capital of the United States of America. But here we are in self-esteem. And I know we're still on that road, self-worth, self-value, self-esteem, yeah. self-esteem from a VA perspective. Perspective is a little more thought out than self-worth. You could sit there and say, man, I don't feel good about myself. I'm a knucklehead. Self-esteem is where you go into a long-term thought process and say, look at me. I, I never graduated from college. I've never had a good girlfriend or boyfriend. I'm not married. I mean, you guys name it. You know where we're going with this. But I will tell you this. It's it's unacceptable. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed on us, mm. what it says over in verse John 3, 1, uh, that we should be... Be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Stop being conformed to this world be not conformed mm. to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God you know when you have a self-esteem problem when it's self-esteem you know when you put that word God there for self it yeah. becomes god esteem you start feeling good about yourself you're looking at what manner of man what manner of love has the father bestowed on me you're running around like a mad person and you should be being a Jesus free trust in God loving God believing in God and uh, therefore there is no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus kevin can you imagine that we're condemning ourselves and god saying wait a minute you don't have any if you're saved i got that covered
2: yeah praise god you know self-esteem is a uh uh, it's a big deal today the humanists run wild with it but i think most of the people i talk to that struggle with it their biggest issue is found in this verse it's um what verse is it? 1 Corinthians 10, 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or co- we, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So two things going on. One is they're using their own mind to make a judgment call. Paul said, Yea, I judge not my own self. So he said it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. Do you got 10, 13 there too, brother? Um, for we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us. Yeah, the rule that God distributed to us, a measure that reached to reach even unto you. So, um, but you know, the the second problem these guys had is they compared themselves among themselves. So they they used their own judgment and they trusted it. When actually, we are so prone. To, you know, the Bible says, "He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool," and the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We are prone to falling into. A satanic view of ourselves, either too high or too low. And the Bible says in Romans chapter twelve, we're to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of grace. So we should think through God's grace again. The viewpoint—it's a viewpoint of God's grace. We don't deserve it, but He sure wants to give it. That ought to be our viewpoint—that we are highly esteemed in His eyes. But comparing ourselves among ourselves, I think this generation, brother Doug, have the biggest problem with making judgment calls based on what they see in Facebook or what they see in a celebrity or something, someone that appears happy. Well, I don't, I'm not built there, their way. I don't have their voice. I don't have their, um, just whatever. And why? And then it becomes covetousness. I wish I had it. Then it becomes envy. You know, I, why should you have it? And I just live and focus on them. So I think that the esteem problem there is, uh, is not what the Bible talks about when it says, let each esteem others better than themselves. You know, we it's, inferiority complex is not of God but when we are confident that god in his grace it looks at us with nothing but benevolence and desire to help then we can look at other people and say i want them to have what i've got and so i'm going to live for their good like god lives for my good and then guess what everybody's happy and this self-esteem problem kind of fades away yeah
1: jesus loves me this i know folks You know, some people say, well, that's a kid's song. Because the Bible tells me so. That's probably the most rudimentary
2: sound. Yeah. You know, sound doctrine there. Yeah,
1: in the entire, uh, yeah, from the entire hymn book. So, folks, we're moving along in Chapter 8 of the Book of John. We're looking at the life of Christ. We're watching the steps of Christ. We're, we're still going. We're not forgetting names. We're not forgetting characteristics. We're not forgetting synoptics. We're not forgetting all that stuff. We're going to be doing this for a while. Just hang with us. It's getting fun now. So we're in Chapter 8, and Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery when they had set her in the midst. So, you know, again, let's try them. Let's see what we can do to mess with Christ. And mm. uh, folks, can I tell you, there's certain things you don't mess with in Christ being among them. <laughs> they saith unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. We caught her. Now, yep. Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped out and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he had heard them not so when they continued asking him he lifted up himself and said unto them he that with it is without sin among you let him cast the first stone you want a stoner i'll tell you what let's line up everybody who's a sinner here Mm. and and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one beginning at the eldest it's always the older one who gets it first Mm. even unto the last and jesus was left alone in the Woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up Himself and saw none but the woman, He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin. No more. You know, uh, Christ does a work here, folks, that's bigger than anything before this. These these pharisaical lore people, the written word, I mean, they're out shouting it and stuff, and they don't know what to do. He says, you know, if you're without sin, you know what? You're okay. But anybody who is within sin, make sure we put you up there so we can stone you too. I think I speak for Kevin and probably everybody listening to this. Uh, I only want to minister to sinners, you know, (laughs) I I mean, if you're perfect, I don't, I don't need to minister to you, but can I tell you there's 8.4 billion people on this earth and we'll just take the sinners, like all 8.4 billion of them. And, uh, but sure enough, they, they come right in Kevin and and they test them. They come right in and they test them. They say, "Man, you need to stone her. That's the law." But here's Jesus. Here's this new day, here's this, here's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one they heard about, the forgiven one, Uh, throughout scripture, it's pointing toward him, and here he is saying, you know, I'm the sacrifice for all this, I've got compassion, I've got forgiveness, we're moving forward on this, any of you that have a, uh, you know, have no sin in your life, go ahead and throw the first stone, those of you who have sin I've got no place for you, so mercy, folks, if there's one lesson we get out of this as we get ready to transition into the commercial, here is mercy always trumps Mm. uh, over judgment folks we'll be right back
0: doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements
1: I'm so glad there's not Pharisees and stuff around me saying, "Grab Doug, let's look at his sins, mm. let's stone him," because because of the law in the Old Testament, they could get away from it. they could get away with it. And uh, but we we live in a new covenant, a new time, and and uh, folks, again, mercy trumps over judgment, Kevin, all the time. We got a merciful God,
2: boy, we do. You know, Jesus, when he did things like this, he always by by a matter of course made the common people have hope. The ones that realized what was up and what was down, they had their heads screwed on straight. They found hope. They liked it. The Pharisees, they did not like it, as a matter of course. And, um, you know, there's a missionary. He's with the Lord now. His name was Bill Zimmers. He was a missionary to Alaska. He went to the truckers up in alaska and uh years i'm talking about back in the 80s i guess he went up there maybe late 70s but uh, old bill had a he just did not play around with pharisees and he did not play around with the gospel he went straight to the heart and i'll never forget he told me this story we'd have him in to preach back in the 80s and 90s and some of the church plans we had but bill told the story of he was trying to uh, do a work for God up there and a woman came to him up in Alaska and said I wish you'd talk to my husband man I love God he doesn't he needs to be saved please win him to God for me and uh, the problem was she was kind of a bat and uh, so Bill uh, went and he didn't rush he didn't just make stuff He's, he hung out with the guy a little bit and the guy and he recognized the guy liked him and the guy, and he said uh, Bill said he said, it's getting kind of late. What are you going to do tonight? And he said, uh, uh, Bill said, what are you gonna to do tonight, buddy? And the guy said, I'm going to watch some football. And he just knew that, that, uh, the guy was going to sit there drinking a beer. And so he was just all nervous. And Bill said, you know what, whatever you normally do, get yourself your can, sit here. I'm going to watch football with you. And of course, Bill didn't have a can with him. And, uh, so the man sat there listening, Bill cut up with him, talked about the passes and the, and the team and everything. And, um Long story short, afterwards, the woman had called her pastor and said, this man here said, get to my husband, get yourself a can of beer and sit here. And I just can't believe this missionary did this. And I, I'm listening. I'm like, wow, I can't believe he said it either. But the uh, the woman was just a nagging person about about Christ or her husband. And guess what? In the middle of the night, she that Bill was staying in the house in the middle of the night, Bill heard a slight knocking at his door and it was the man. He said he said, "Bill, he said, I want to talk to you." And Bill said, "Let's go sit down and talk." And he said, "I want the Jesus that you know." Yeah. And Bill led him gloriously to Christ. And guess what? He never took a can again in his hand because he, re- he respected the Christianity of the man that had no respect for the Pharisees and didn't play along.
1: Yeah, that's some good stuff right there. One day we're going to be with Bill up in heaven. We're going to be with a lot of Bills. And uh, I had a pastor one time that saw everybody else's sin. I mean, even the most minute. And, but he didn't see his own or his kids. You know, something was verboten. I mean, it was off limits. Mm -hmm. It was a no-go at this station. You absolutely couldn't do it until his kids did it. Then it was okay, uh, you know. You know the type of guy I'm talking to. Well, can I let you know what the, there's a word for that and it's called Pharisee? And uh, but you know, there's a lot of power that comes out of what we just read. Not only that mercy always trumpets over judgment, that God showed wonderful mercy and had a great, but the, you know, there's a power of self reflection. I'm thinking about these people one at a time that left oldest first. That said, wait a minute. Here I am in the presence of a guy who gets me. I'm a sinner. I was just having bad thoughts. I was sinner bringing this woman in, thinking about the things she did and what. Man, I've got a problem. Uh, folks, can I tell you something? There, there's a self reflection there. I found this when I just looked at this verse. I just went back up and looked at it. But you know, right at the end of our verses, there it goes to the bottom, and she says, uh, "No man, Lord." Period. And Jesus said unto her, "Neither do I condemn thee." go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And uh, woman, where are thine accusers? You know, and, and there's a lot going on here. Jesus is just saying, go and sin no more. I'm not accepting this. Just like Bill. I'm not accepting this, right. uh, but this is how you're coming to me. And they that heard it being convicted by their own conscience, went one by one, being the eldest, even unto the last and all that. But that last sentence, folks, it messes me up. No man, Lord, mm-hmm. you know what that sinner woman figured out? This is my Lord. Yeah, No man, Lord. I Here I am standing in front of my Lord. He's so merciful, Kevin. Mm-hmm. He just looks at me and says, I know what you did. Go and sin no more.
2: You know the attitude of Jesus ought to be the attitude of ourselves. Just what you described there. You know, one day it occurred to me uh, early on in my life as a Christian. I was saved in 1979, and I remember going to a guy who was smoking outside the church where I got into as a new new member of that church. And this, I, he was just he was smoking. I mean, it wasn't yeah. right, but I mean, yeah. he was doing it. Guess what? I went to him and told him about it. And you know what he went out of there never came back he was a visitor went out of there his woman his wife his woman his his wife had been coming to church she dropped I mean I'm saying this to my shame she yeah. dropped out her husband went in for an appendix operation not long afterwards never woke up and um it was it still is a grief, and I have had. I went to the Lord with tears and said, I'm sorry. But the Lord's, um, his first approach to people was that of they were victimized by Satan. Then he dealt with the fact that they were a perpetrator of a crime against God. I think so often we as preachers and we as Christians can say, look at this crime they're involved in, like you were saying there with the other guy. Look at this person. Look what they're doing. They shouldn't be doing this, right? And whether or not we have bad motivation, that was not the order of the way Jesus handled it. He came, it says, I mean, this is life-changing to me. He came not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God hates sin, but guess what? Jesus came to a world of sin. If he went pointing out every sin, he would have been pointing out sin all day, all night, every day, all day, but he didn't. He parked that. He checked it at the gate in order to win people so that he could free them from the bondage that kept them in sin, and that made him a savior. And so as a witness for Jesus Christ, as a soul winner, I've got to go to the person behind the counter and, and, you know, and look at them past all the uh, you know nose rings and ear rings and cheek rings and forehead rings and, and, the, and all the tats and just say, you know what, this person here is lacking the love of God that I know. And the first approach has to be with Jesus beholding them, love them, and when he saw that, then he told the, the rich young ruler in that case the truth of what, what he needed. But until we're there, I think sometimes we need to just let our, our uh, eye affect our heart and begin to, to ask the question, are, am I approaching them as a perpetrator of a crime first, or am I approaching them as a victim? Someone that Satan, you know, Jesus said, this woman, lo, has been bound by Satan these whatever years. Jesus went to people. Yes, he, he had different approaches with each person, but his desire was to free them from the captivity, set the captive free.
1: Amen. And that's the God we serve, folks. Those and shackles, you may not see them on your arms, but they're there. Mm. They're there if you're stuck under oppression. If if you have a little self-esteem, if you think you're of no value, if you think God can't do a work in you, you're in chains and you're in shackles. And but we got this great God, and uh, and He loves old sinners. He saves us. He takes care of us. He 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 is sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf as you go through this day today realize you got a god who loves you realize you got a god who lets you come in all filled with adultery and upside down and life not working and man my my this didn't work my that don't work fill in the word there on that blank and god's like just go and sin no more Mm -hmm. you know folks just serve your god today and do something for me go and sin No more. We sure do love you. We can't wait till you come back tomorrow. Great fourth grade riddle tomorrow for Kevin. See if you can solve it.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name, while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.